Hello and welcome to Qatar's first sports podcast, In The Game. I'm your host, Steve Mackey, and we can't wait to introduce to you everything sport here in Qatar and afar. We're going to be bringing you personalities, company owners, institutions, individuals that are making a real difference. So with us, please enjoy the journey. Hello and welcome to In The Game, Qatar's first sports podcast. Today, I... You've heard it so many times. We have some very special guests on today on the show today. I was thirteen. Uh, I'm running away with myself today. We have Duncan Goodhue. <laughs> Everybody's cheering. I can hear them in the background. And we've also got Helen. Oh, Helen Lott, and 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 she's from the, um, the the Youth Sports Trust, which is an incredible organ- a charity that's run in the UK. They're going to introduce themselves very soon. But for those that don't know, Duncan Goodhue in 1980, won the gold medal in the Olympics for a 100-metre breaststroke. Actually, I've got something in my pocket. Please, d- yeah, 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 please <laughs> bring it up. If you've got it, bring had, it up. I had a check. Oh, it my here. word. Yeah, it's oh, real. It's there. Hey, there we are. See, there. Oh, you have a look dear. at that. Because I know you were 13 oh, years old when you saw me, me actually would, break, break oh. through and touch the end and uh, win that gold medal. All my family, I've got four children, okay, and my eldest knows who you are, but the others, and um, I have to say that, that our producer also didn't know who you were, and then we, me and Stefan, made him aware very quickly. Um, <laughs> well done, But Stephen. to be able to touch this... Duncan, and I'm so privileged to, to be touching this because at 13 years old, I was in the living room with all of my family and cheering. I, well, I needed all the help I could get. It worked. It worked. You were such an inspiration because the Olympics, we weren't doing that great in the Olympics when I think back. So when you got a gold medal, you yeah. were a hero, right? Yeah, well, it was a watershed moment for me and, and that Olympics for Britain because we won five gold medals in Moscow and and that was a lot of gold medals. That was and, a lot you know, of gold medals. Seb Coe, Lord Coe now and Ovid and uh, and uh, Daley Thompson and Alan Wells, of course. Uh, oh. it, and, and I was the first to do it. So, you know, it, it, it really felt great. And oh, dear me. And won it. It was just so, it inspired everybody. It did. It was just so much, it was so great for the nation. And I came back to something that was so special. Um, I, I mean, having lost my hair when I was a kid, I was 10 years old, I lost my hair. Um, I, I Everybody kind of recognised me, and you know, baldness wasn't normal. People used, used to sweep their hair over and wear toupees and things like that. So, so when I got home, everybody, everywhere I went, uh, I was recognised, and it was amazing. And, and just touching on this, and we will bring you in, Helen. I promise you. <laughs> no worries. Just touching on this, I, I, and and you've just brought something back to me. Um, I used to have a friend who used to inspire me. I. I, I he wanted me to go into um, race boards for big races, windsurfing. Yeah. And he used to have a wig. He had alopecia. Uh-huh. Okay. And he, the wig looked terrible. Oh, well, I used to wear one for a little while because I got a little insecure about it, you know, in my late teens about dating girls and stuff. So I, I started to wear one and it was quite good because I could wear a long one. Yeah. And, and, and you're meant to have short back and sides yeah. at the school I went to. Right. And uh, whenever they told me to get a haircut, I just took the wig off and say, is that short enough? <laughs> and, and, uh, and, you know, not being a bit clumsy around girls, I duffed my uh, wig a couple of times to new girls and that really... Uh, really wasn't so good and there was a startling time when I was leaving uh, leaving the, the carol service and the wig got caught on a, uh, a limb of a tree uh, and all the parents were <laughs> 
So anyway, well, I, I had some fun with it. Um, yeah. Uh, but but it, it was it was tough, and it, losing your hair is tough. It, it's very you know it, it, it it's very visual thing, and certainly I, I don't know what age your friend lost a hair. It, it, people thought you you were suffering from a, caf, a cancer sufferer, uh, and so it, it was a really odd blend of of staring and gawking and. Uh, and when I lost my hair, I was 10 years old, so it, it, it was kind of bizarre. Well, i got to say that he never wore the... When, when you, and I'm not giving this back until at the very end, <laughs> and you will try to... Uh, you can't see Steve. He's actually hugging it, really. It, you know, it's right? just <laughs> unbelievable. I, I must admit, I'm just, I'm just enthralled by it all, and, and I really am. It's, it, uh, since I know that you were coming on the show, I just can't keep quiet about it it's just one of those things so, and and again and i will just say one more thing he then didn't after you won the gold medal it was accepted so oh, he never yeah. had a week yeah. from there on yeah. and it was and it was just one of those stories so so again the little kind of moments you get where you create a ripple yeah and then you created well, so thank many. you very much for saying so i mean i having having lost my hair when i was 10 years old and deal, dealing with all that I, I also had dyslexia which wasn't recognized until i was 13 years old so you know what that meant was uh, my you know in a practical sense i was in the back of the, the class uh, and uh, swimming when it came along when i was about eight years old it was the lifeline that saved me from drowning yeah. in the classroom. Yeah. But it also set me up with a profound knowledge of, of personal knowledge of what sports does, sports does for you to change your life. Swimming changed my life. And there's not one moment in my life now um, that hasn't been uh, impacted and changed uh, for the better since, since I started uh, competitive swimming. And in a sense, that's why, you know, I'm here today. And also next to Helen Vost, uh, who is U-Sport Trust International Chief Executive. But she's also the lady that I sat down with over 25 years ago. Uh, and uh, she, she filled in the forms that started the charity. And I was the cheerleader behind the pen. <laughs> oh, but isn't that just... And, and I, these are the type of things that, that I love in this podcast, because you can kind of let... This this is a very young journey for Qatar, especially from a sporting perspective. And they're trying so hard. So when you, you listen to these relationships that you've built up over the years, and let's face it, the amount of good... And I, I know that you're not going to come on here and say, oh, yeah, we've done this, we've done this. But you're doing a, um, an unbelievable story when it comes to youths in sports, right? And coming together as a team so that you can bring more and more people together. This brings us on to, if you don't mind, this brings us on to you, Helen. <laughs> so can you tell us a little bit about what the kind of things that you do? OK, so the the Sport Trust um, was actually set up by Duncan and um, a businessman in the UK called Sir John Beckwith 25 years ago with the mission to, to really improve the lives of young people through sport. And... Um, Quite quickly, we went beyond working in the UK and, and I head up the international side of the charity. And that's what we've been looking to, to do here in Qatar over the last three years, is to work closely with the British Council and to work with teachers and young people to develop leadership skills in young people through sports and um, to really demonstrate how sport is, is a fantastic way of developing confidence, teamwork, it's just a fantastic tool to work with young people with. Yeah. 
It's 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 an amazing story, and, and again, I've been here for ne- nearly eleven years now, and uh, seeing it, the way that things are developing here, and especially, and I know there's there's a lot of kind of um, people talk about the the World Cup, especially in the back in the UK, but they deserve it. The the Middle East deserves it because as you've seen youth develop and your the, the amazing things that you do. It's the future, right? So this is the future. So this is just unbelievable what it's doing in this part of the world. Unbelievable. Well, Helen's been very uh, modest. Sport sport is is as good or as bad as those people who are are involved in it. You know, it it has to be done in in a fair, equitable way. Uh, People have to obey the rules. And it's no point in having a good team playing a a, a team with no no ability to to beat them. It's to to do with fairness. That's what good sport is. But it's much more than that. You know, we... We as human beings haven't evolved to polish a chair yet, <laughs> you know, and we are physical yeah. and uh, we learn lessons through being uh, engaging in the physical side. And, uh, you know, tomorrow we have a conference and it's all about how you, you get young people to have a better first experience and then learn and know they're learning. Yeah. So that it's about, first of all, the kind of, what what are you what are you doing? How are you using sport in a positive way to include with inclusion and fair play and all those other things? But in addition to that, how do you make it sustainable? Yeah. And and the U Sport Trust has been brilliant at developing programs that don't only uh, work on the confidence of of the young person and and developing strategies for lifelong health and fitness yeah. uh, and which, which have massive social gain and and benefits for a country it's also about how do you get the young person to realize their learning skills learning skills that not are just not about sport they're more general than yeah. that they're about you know uh, job skills mm. you know, how to lead how to be a part of a team how to communicate better and and the fact that they're actually doing it together and learning together and leaving it with a point uh, of learning but it goes beyond that because it's not just about training and the programs it's about training the trainers so in future the trainers will be able to be trained by qataris so it's it's self-sustaining yeah and and that's really important because we've had m- many different guests. We've uh, Amal, she's a, she was a lady basketball um, captain for Qatar, um, and now she's gone on to be a referee for both men and female, which is which is a, a really good stepping stone for 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 her. We've had Marion Farid, and and they've all got the same stories, like you said. And and there's so many things that you learn from sport, also with, with what you're saying. One is for me is discipline. It just yeah. it installs discipline. It installs yeah. respect. It installs all of those things that that do help you in every aspect of life. So this must be so rewarding for you. Oh, it's 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 um, it's absolutely fantastic for us to be here, and we actually have a course running today where we um, have introduced something for the first time outside of the UK called the Youth Sports Award, right. which are re- it's a reward and recognition scheme for young people, so they can chart what they are doing when it comes to health and well-being and achievement and developing their leadership skills and may well help them to, to perhaps become volunteers in the future at things like the World Cup. 
Dear me, and and this is the type of thing that I sometimes I wish that that because um, I don't know, I didn't know about this before, but I'm so pleased to have known it now because I love to fly the flag wherever I can. So please, you are doing an amazing job. And and, and the thing is, it, it's so obvious that you don't realise it. Uh, a, a kid only knows they're learning when they're shown they know they're learning. Yeah. And, and that's the really clever bit that uh, Helen and the whole team have developed. As, as a child progresses, they're, they're getting clear markers on how they've progressed in areas they know they need to, yeah. that don't only work for sport, but also uh, work for them as in, in terms of employability. Uh, and, and you think, well, the ch- kids don't know about this. And yes, the kids do. They're, they're much smarter than we were when we were kids. You know, they've moved on. They get it. They're, they're, they have much more access through social media to these things. Yeah. Uh, and um, nowadays they understand. And if you give them something, they know they've got it. Then they're, they're, they're really thrilled by it. Yeah. And, and they, they want more. Yeah. I... I, and I've got to come back. 25 years you've been doing this. Uh, can, can you, have you got something that really stands out for you? Oh, gosh. Um, well, I suppose what immediately springs to mind is probably London 2012 Olympic and Paralympic Games. Um, there was a legacy programme called International Inspiration, which was uh, bringing alive Zebco's promise to really inspire young people around the world through sport. And we had the privilege to become a delivery partner with British Council and UK Sport and UNICEF to, to deliver that programme in 20 countries around the world. So to actually see how sport engages young people and then can really change their lives, give them aspirations, really help them believe that they can achieve yeah. is, is an incredible thing to, to experience. It's, it, it, it is. And, and the one thing, Duncan, you you were the one with... Well, you can tell why I'm just the cheerleader. I yeah. mean, <laughs> I, I, mean I, I just say the words. The, the, the actions are done by the Youth Sport Trust and Youth Sport Trust. Did you realise, did you, when, when you were asked to play a part, or you, did you have the idea or concept? No, I, I did, it, was, it was Sir John Beckwith. Okay. Uh, it, it said something needs to be done. And I said, yeah, well, you need to put a million pounds on the table. And he, he introduced me to Helen Vost, and we were f- fortunate enough to hook up with Sue Campbell, who's now Baroness Sue Campbell. Uh, and she, she, she played a massive part as well in the whole uh, building it. And it, it's all, it, you know, it comes back to sport, anything in life. It's about people. It's about the right people together, giving each other permission. And once you get a, a, a certain uh, traction, then people join you. And it's been like a little... I would. Uh, it, it, it's been just uh, a, a wonderful experience. And, and and again, because we're going through this now. So and, and where I'm taking this now is is that Qatar is so it's it's kind of it's it's having challenges on a daily basis. But they they're they're they want to push forward because of the legacy, because of the development of the, the of the country and doing more sporting events. Thank you for listening to Ginger Camel Network podcast. In case you don't know us, Ginger Camel Network is a network of podcasts covering life here in Doha, Qatar, from sport, business, food, and the community. Ginger Camel Network is part of Ginger Camel, a media company that is well known for its high quality film production 
creating winning TV commercials, corporate videos, creative promotional videos, and content for digital media. If you would like to find out more about Ginger Camel and Ginger Camel Network, please visit our website at www.gingercamel.com or subscribe to any one of our podcasts, Dar Heat, Your Onion, In the Game, and The Happy Munches. Now, so you started off, and this is really important for them, for the top people, because you started 25 years ago. Somebody approached you. You said, put a million pounds on the table. Let's see where we take it. You were involved, Helen. Yeah. And... Did you realise it was going to get to this stage? Then? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I had a very clear vision of, of how it would go, and and, and the founder did too. Um, and it was all about uh, unlocking resources and getting people to work together uh, and curing issues and problems. And uh, you know, when we first started. Uh, it was about uh, the younger people at primary school, uh, elementary school. Uh, and it was about looking at uh, how they weren't getting a good first introduction. You know, physical education in schools in Britain was very poor. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the times um, the teachers had very little, little, maybe an hour or two of in-surface training to deliver physical education. Yeah. It was appalling. Mm-hmm. And so you go, how do we get from uh, this point where it's, it, it's awful into a better place and it, it was about unlocking government funding about getting people to understand the issues and using those issues to join people together to to get uh, alliances where where people were working together and the U Sport trust has been incredible at pulling partnerships together and and getting clear vision of how we can make a difference uh, to 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 both britain and take those learnings abroad as well i i i am and i'm i'm only for the first time i'm, I'm looking at our success in the sports and especially the olympics and different other where we're we're a small nation and we've got an incredible amount of successes right so you must feel a part of that in some way i know you're humble but you've made a massive inroad into those areas right and the success and i know they've got coaches and all the rest of it but you've got to start in the grassroots right and that's where you started our focus has always been very much on grassroots sport, I think, and Duncan can probably speak more knowledgeably about this than, than me. I think the real the real turning point in the UK was, was when the lottery funding became yes, available yeah, yeah, yeah. to support elite athletes. And then we saw that incredible change and extraordinary medal tally in Beijing and then London and then an even an improvement which I'm not sure has happened ever before. happened before never in happened. um in Rio yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, if you could pinpoint one thing, it was the national lottery. It was funds being available, yeah, and that started in the uh, the early nineties, and uh, they sat down with a plan, and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't politically impacted. It was it was money to push forward, and they have a very clear. And for, for instance, in swimming, in two thousand, we had a most appalling uh, a, a result for the swimmers right. uh, at the Olympic Games in Australia. Uh, rather than putting the, the funding going down, it went up. Uh, and part of the plan was to uh, a, uh, was to win uh, major competitions. So there was a strategy on how you'd do that. Hence, we got 2012. 
But going back, I knew this because I'd been involved with the lobby to get it. Right. Uh, and I knew that there was seven. There was, there was money available for schools to draw down off the national lottery. And eventually we got, although it didn't come through us, £7.7 million pounds of funding um, before we even had a proper logo. Uh, and we also had the million pounds for the... And we also got BT sponsorship. So, you know, we can't say that it was us that generated it. We were just part of, of, of what was going on. And we were the, the grassroots bit that will carry on playing a massive part. And it has been so successful that never before have you had uh, an increase uh, before Olympic Games. Yes, that's been done yeah. of gold medals, and it's always shocked the host nation. In fact, one country had to renege on a promise because they promised a whole bunch of money to gold medalists, and afterwards they went, oh, we can't afford it. <laughs> We've won too many. <laughs> um, and then what happens is it, it then drops the other side and then continues to drop. The, in, in Britain's case, we're the first country that is actually elevated and gone up after the Olympic Games. That's that's. I know it's a team effort, but... To be a part of that, I again. oh god, well, you, it's right on the edge. It's lovely. It's it's wonderful. You're dealing with young people, dreams, visions, excitement. Uh, it's young minds, you know, pitting themselves against each other, or, or or you know, learning or whatever it is in sport. It offers, you know, taking part and and health and fitness and all those other things, life lessons, leadership. And on up to, you know, the cutting edge that, uh, that that I was at for a little while. One thing that I would say is I'm going to take you back a little because it was a word that you said, which um, I was watching something uh, on um, uh, LinkedIn just recently. And they were asking, what's the most important thing? Is it the money or is it the vision? And he was saying it's the vision. Oh, the vision course, yeah. has to yeah. come first. It's yeah. got yeah. to be the vision. Yeah. So with, with the way that you've had this vision, tell me some of the success stories that you've had with young, that you've seen come through the ranks and then that's already achieved things from starting with yourselves or you've implemented something. Is there, is there people that you can mention? Well, there's a conference happening tomorrow, the um, Qatar UK Sport Education Conference, and we're absolutely delighted that, that one of our speakers tomorrow is uh, Moishan, who is a trainer who we trained um, back in 2010 in the lead up to the London Olympic and Paralympic Games. He's an economics teacher from Borneo. Okay. He's now become one of our best international trainers and he's delivering the Youth Sport Award training in Qatar today. That's just incredible, That's right? Brilliant, isn't it? It, it is brilliant, isn't it? And it, it must, you, it must, I, I can, the thing that I was going to say, 25 years, you must love every second of it. And each day must be a new reward. Well, I mean, for, for me, I was, uh, there's just one kind of not quite on message, uh, a, a, a story. Um, but I hope you'll indulge me and excuse me, because it, it, was, it was just so, so amazing to be able to do it. Um, in 2012, they were struggling to, to, to decide who was going to light the cauldron. And um, I got the inv invitation to go and see the uh, ceremonies team. And I'm going, why me? And I, and I turned up there and I find out they've had this problem. And they've decided 
right absolutely correctly and I think it was uh, David Hemery uh, the gold medalist yep. David Hemery yep. who came up with the idea said well why don't we have young people like the, the cauldron and they started with six and for various reasons it had to be seven which I can tell you after after the podcast <laughs> and uh, it, it uh, they, they said uh, Duncan you know um, we'd like you to be one of the seven you know international heroes as they were who me <laughs> and and they said we want you to pick um a, a young swimmer who you know um will be a future gold medalist hopefully and i went back and i thought that's not really me you know and, and i found one and i chose them and uh, and i put put them on a piece of paper and then i said what's me is i i realized that literally thousands of people that gave me permission to go and win a gold medal. You know, the coaches, the, uh, the, the, the managers of the teams, the uh, timekeepers, they're all there giving you permission to, to do what you, you achieved. And I thought, what I'd like to do is pick one of these incredible young people that we found through the Youth Sport Trust, who is a young leader. And I'd like to challenge, you know, 2012 Open Surrey teams to whether they want what you'd expect a future gold medal swimmer, uh, or they'd like to, you know, recognise what part, part the volunteers and the leadership and everything else. They went with Jordan Duckett, mm -hmm. the young person that the Youth Sport Trust had found and developed. And to me, uh, I was sitting on the couch uh, uh, at the opening ceremony, ready to go out into the stadium with the whole world watching and just almost. And Daley Thompson was there, and we were. Um, Wow, God, who could have thought that anything could beat and top winning a gold medal? Yeah. This is doing it. And, and um, apart from having children, I don't know anything like this. And Daly and I was, I was just going, wow. And eventually we went out and did, 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 did the business and everything. And it took me to about Christmas because it really bothered me why it was so extraordinary. And you know what it was? I whittled it down eventually. The gift of giving. It was the gift of giving. Do you know, I, 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 I've, I'm, I'm married with four children, four grandchildren, um, and I'll tell you a story. It, it's kind of, it's, it's unrelated to sport, but it's, it's the way that we bring up our children in the way that we bring up our grand, that our children bring up their children. And um, I went on holiday to um, Turkey, and I gave my granddaughter some money to spend. There, take some money. You whatever you want to spend it on. I didn't notice it at the time. So she then ran off into the store and she went in there and she came out with three bags full of stuff. Okay. And um, I didn't understand what she was doing. I'm thinking it's a, it's in an all inclusive holiday place where we don't have to buy anything. It's all, it's all paid for. But she noticed a little lady down an alleyway with holding her baby. She wasn't begging. She was just in a, a, a terrible place. And she went and got three bags of shopping, shopping mm -hmm. to do this. Now, and, and people look up to me and, and, and this, this giving thing is so important because I, I always say on every one of the podcasts, just offer your hand a friendship with a smile. You will not believe what that will do. You know, sometimes that has a, just an amazing effect and you'll never know. You'll just never know what that does. And it's kind of that's the, and just you epitomizing that just saying the act of giving 
Mm. It's like the more you give, the more you receive, whether you think it or not. And you'll never know sometimes. And yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. You, you've done it and you've done it on a huge scale. But that doesn't stop us from doing it on a very small scale, yeah. as long as we're all coming yeah. together and making this world a better place. Well, you just said how, you know, I, my, my actions was winning with being bald had helped your friend. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Matt Lucas, the other day, um, we did a little bit together and he, I'd written to Matt um, and it was about, time, about the time he'd lost his hair. And I was saying it's okay, and and he was so he was almost in tears. It was so emotional, and just you know you just you just if you naturally just give, things happen around you, and, and you know sometimes you can get a bit cynical about things, and it's a shame to do that because at the end of the day we're all human beings, we're all fallible, we all make mistakes, and we all need help. I, and and you can't do this on your own. And no, it's, like, it's impossible. We're human beings. We're, we're social beings. beings. Yeah. You cannot do anything by yourself, hardly. With, and, and if you're really brutally honest with yourself, you realise that you need people and you need them much, much more than you think you need them. Oh, all of us. We're all uh, guilty of that. This world is a better place for you too. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, I'm holding on to this because I, I, I can't... Yeah, I'm a bit worried I'm going to have to prize it off it, you. No. I have to fight it to get back. I, I, and I don't want to try to emphasise this to our listeners or, or, or kind of people that's viewing this. But I gotta tell you, I, I, we're all sat round the living room. We're all there waiting for this race. We've all got our hearts in our mouth. You know, I I can still feel you getting on that. You kind of, I, I hear the commentator, and then the, yeah. and oh my word, when you got up to the first, you done the first fifty meters. And we're going. Is he going to make it? Is he going to make it? Is he going to well, make I nearly, it? Is, I very nearly gave it away. Oh dear, we, I, I thought you, we, we didn't know whether you were going to make it or not, but the cheers even got louder because we didn't know you, but we did know yeah. you, you were in our living rooms. And it was like, it was, it was a believing. And, and when I look at this, it's not so that I, it's just got this, this wonderful feeling that anybody can do what they want to do. Sometimes you've got more um, natural ability. Sometimes you've got to work a little bit harder. But just seeing you and, and being an, being part of your experience, and I must say I was part of your experience, the whole nation was part of your experience. The amount that's done is is just, we, we will never know. Well, I think the thing is that if you think of the infinite number of things you could be pretty good at, um, so rather than saying uh, to a child, you know, you, you're not achieving, we should be looking at the child's life to find out what what they are good at because there's infinite things that they could be good at yeah and and we just need to to shape up a little bit more on our attitude towards what success is you know success is not about gold medals it's about actually feeling good about yourself confident and, and being able to feel that you're contributing to yeah. something a purpose yeah and you know sport is one of those very valuable tools we can use to help young people find something they're good at or perceive they're good at that they're improving at that they can build their confidence build their you know knowledge of how how the levers they can pull to make it better and work as a team and leader and be volunteers and all these other things and 
it, it, it's a very simple, it's very, very difficult to put into place. Yeah. And, and it's very slow burn too. It takes a long time to change behaviours, change attitudes, and also, uh, you know, speed people up in, in what they perceive quality is. Because at the end of the day, it's all about how, how each interaction you have, what is the quality of that interaction? What are you gaining out of it? you know, both ways or however many people are in the room with you and, and then moving forward. So the past is, is not as good as the future. Yeah. Hi, my name's Steve Mackey and I'm the founder at Solutions4 and business startup Qatar.com. We're a company formation and partnership specialist and we want to guide you on the smoothest journey possible in starting your business in Qatar. If you want to talk about business or a simple chat, please get in touch on our website, businessstartupqatar.com. Can't wait to hear from you. On this, we're, I'm, and I'm trying to kind of equate it to what's happening in Qatar. You're a perfect example to look up and say, you've got to believe in what you're doing from that vision perspective to, to actually following it through. And all those things which are just, that are just fantastic to be able to, for people to listen to, because there, there's a lot of people in that situation right now and listening to those words because you've done it, you've both done it. And that's so important. What would be your message, both of you for this question is, what would you say to the young people today that, that were, were kind of listening? What are those things that you would say to do? Well, I think it's uh, it, it, it's it's have fun, enjoy it, enjoy learning, enjoy developing, and 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 if you do that, you're inquisitive, you ask questions, then your life is going to be interesting. But this is another one that we say that that hey, come on, parents, listen to your children too. We're telling the children to. Well, well they're very simple things. I mean, if, if if your child has just played a game and you've you've got busy and had missed the end of the missed the game or whatever, what. You know, you've got a way of approaching it, and I'm just using this as a yeah. way to open your mind. You know, many parents might just think um, the easy question. The easy question is, uh, did you win? Now that's binary. Either they won or lost. Yeah. You don't know. So there's there's a chance it's I lost. Yeah. Then the conversation is closed down, and the child is actually hurt because they've admitted to you, their parents, they want to impress, that they've lost. Now, the question that has, has, has open, uh, almost infinite open replies yeah. is, how did you play? Now, if it's, oh, I didn't play very well, then you can work on that, you know, mm. um, and you, you don't even ask if you won or lost. Um, and if they say, well, you know, I played really well, and, uh, but I lost. Ah, oh, dear. So, so you see yeah. how it, yeah, it yeah, works? Yeah, yeah, of course. And, it's, it, it, and that's why I'm saying the past is the past, the future is the future. As you become more aware of the ways you can help your child or your child can help themselves, then you've got a, a better future. And that's what the... It's, it, it, it's, it's uh, you know, bringing a better future for young people, that's all it's about. I'm, I'm so proud. A brighter future. I am so proud and, and privileged that you came on the show today because I think it's the, the, the show today is, is going to kind of show people at the very top and people that are starting out, and especially the coaches, because I, I think those are the people that have got something special too when they do 
identify that you identify with but again the coaches you know uh, many coaches are brilliant but many coaches hang on to their children too long yeah. so they actually hold them back yeah so how do you how do you get them to realize where they are in a in a structure and what their purpose is in in, in a chain that without one link in it won't reach the distance and people often ask me I said who made the biggest difference in life and I said well it's a chain the links reach the distance you take one out however small I didn't make the distance I wouldn't make the distance without it we've got these I, I, you're, I was in the forces so I joined the forces when I was 16 and um, you were as only as strong as your weakest link uh, exactly. You pulled everybody along, and it, it you. I can see the link between you two that you've <laughs> you've created here, which is I, I'm 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 pr very proud to be interviewing you today because this has been a special time for me, and it just reiterates everything that I'm doing, and I, I and I know that it's going to be for our listeners too because those people that are making a difference, you go on and you make a more bigger difference because it's possible. You've just got to keep on believing. Um, so I, I, I know that he's given me the signs over there to say how much more <laughs> and I'm sorry to do this I, I really am Helen but I, I just want to what was it like getting on the blocks what was it undre getting undressed ready you know putting all your stuff into the into the crate that you had well the first time it was lamb to the slaughter um, you know I, I, I was 19 years old I had I, I'd never swum for Great Britain officially in my life before and uh, so it was daunting. Um, uh, I was young, uh, foolhardy and overconfident. Uh, I could do it. And I got through to the final and I uh, walked into what they call the call room, which is a double glazed um, box, glass box on the side of the pool. Now they have a corridor and headphones on and stuff like that. But back in the day, they didn't have any of that. And you walked into this little room before the... Uh, before the uh, uh, the 100 metres breaststroke and the door closed and there were the seven other fastest people in the world in the room and one official just in case a fight broke out I suppose I don't know they were just an official in the room and uh, outside you could see gold medals being won lost and presented and uh, it was uh, it was uh, 800 metres women's freestyle so we had about 40 minutes in this room uh, it felt like a lifetime, actually, quite oh, frankly. Dear. And the door closed, uh, and it it seemed like it hermetically sealed. And there were the TV sets showing what we could see going on outside, these gold medals being won. And there in the room were the lions, the gods of my sport, and me from West Sussex, you know, who uh, is fallible as the day is long. And um, I kind of swallowed, my mouth dried, and it was like somebody pulled the plug out of the room and I went down the plug hole. Um, and, and, and eventually I got to the block saying, I've got to do well, I've got to do well. And, and, and I got seventh place. Four years later, I'd prepared myself uh, properly. And, uh, it, you know, it's not, not physical. It, it, well, it's, of course, it's physical. It's, it's as much mental as physical. Because what happens is... Um, if something's new, if you're in a place for the first time, as I was in that room, it feels new, it feels odd, and it feels threatening. And our natural instincts are to slow down when it feels odd, new, because it might be dangerous. We might get eaten or speared or whatever. 
and you slow down. That's, uh, and in my case, I blew up. Uh, you know, I just tried too hard. I, I, I couldn't get my head in the right space. But what I did was train myself to be ready for the room. And when, when, when I came up to breathe with 25 meters to go, I had the, you know, uh, it, it's uh, uh, Peters, Peters uh, Dr. Peters, uh, had the, the cycling uh, um, psychologist, has, has this little thing, a book called A Chimp on Your Shoulder, I think it's called, right. uh, The Paradoxical Chimp. And it's, he talks about this chimp talking on, on your shoulder. Yep, yep. You're not as good as you say, oh, you're much more beautiful. No, you're not. Uh, and <clears throat> I came up and the chimp uh, turned into a gorilla, I think. He said, Duncan, if you don't do something right now, you're not going to win. And there was a pause. And all the training, all the people came together and I said, and that's totally absurd. Dear me. And you won. And you won. Just. <laughs> it was your cheering that made the difference. Please, please, please. I, I kind of, um, again, I'm holding this medal that just represents so much. And, and we, you passed over it like it was just a, a moment in time, four years. But you've been doing this for, I, I got to congratulate both of you for what you're doing for sport and what you're doing for the youth, um, the youth trust. It's, it's amazing. It really is. I didn't know anything about it, but I, I, I can feel your energy. It's like, and I, I, I do wish you luck in your, your presentation, your seminar tomorrow. Thank you. Um, Thank you. you deserve all the accolades because you've done... Can I have my medal back now? I, yeah, please. And, and the, one, the great thing about this is, is, is I'm not sure whether you've watched any other podcasts. It doesn't matter. But if you listen to all our, our podcasts, when you see people that are making a difference, they've got the same kind of comments that you're making, but in a, like, they didn't win a gold medal. But that didn't matter to them. They always are striving to win that gold medal. But you've come on the show and you're... you're I, I feel I've known you forever... And it's like, you're just a nice guy. Well, it's I don't like, know about that. But, uh, I mean, it's a process. And, and if you buy into the process, you realise the value of other people and how you depend on them. And, and he's a nice guy. Yeah, he's <laughs> a nice guy. And you're a nice lady too. I, I, I can't shout enough to say thank you very much for coming on the show. Well, you've been you. fantastic for our listeners. You've been fantastic for me, and you, you, you've, you've helped me now to even push harder. And, and I'm, I'm 53 years old, and I'm never going to give in because of those, those things that you can make a difference. And, and you just shout out, oh, my word, it's just been an amazing uh, journey. So I'm going to have to wrap it up. I will give you your medal oh, back. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> I hope I've, I, 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 I just want my children to be kind of, kind of see, it's kind okay, of, here we go. yeah, here we exactly. Right. It's brilliant. Congratulations. Good luck with your, your, your um, show tomorrow. Um, what can I say? Everybody, I, th I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Um, we've all got it in us. Okay. Are we going to win the Olympics? Are we going to kind of win the next biggest thing in your sport? It, does it really matter? Are you making a difference? Are you changing somebody's lives? That's what you can do and we can all do. You're actually doing it. Everybody, thanks for listening. Thank you to our wonderful guest. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Everyone, thanks for listening. This has been brought to you by the Ginger Camel Network. Please send us your feedback on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. And don't forget to review us. Please, please, please review us on your favourite podcast app.